everyone. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life. Because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. That is true. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, the premier free writing magazine on the internet featuring articles on writing and the writing life, as well as video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres. You can go find it at authormagazine.org, and we are funded by the good people at the Pacific Northwest Writers Association. They've been supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955. If you want to learn more about this fabulous organization, please go to pnwa.org. And, you know, so, uh, you know, it was a real treat. I got to talk to today's guest, Jessica Nelson, and, um, you know, we kind of geeked out a little because we both like to write creative nonfiction, personal essay, short memoir. And we and so it was just such a delight to get to talk to someone who dives into this particular way of telling stories the way I do. And it was a lot of fun. She's very cool, very thoughtful. And I should say, uh, you might want to hang around. You know, I asked that same question at the end of every one of these interviews, what has writing taught you? And she gave me a new answer, a new answer. And it was an interesting one. So, hey hang around for that right so she uh, so her we talked because her most recent book uh, is the memoir joy rides through the tunnel of grief and she also authored the memoir if only you people could follow directions great title and also is a co-author of the textbook and anthology advanced creative nonfiction a writer's guide and anthology yeah so we had a great conversation interesting woman and hey i'm glad i get to share it with you now enjoy All right, took a little doing, but we've got Jessica Henry Nelson on the show. Jessica, welcome. <laughs> Thank you, Bill. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, so, okay, so this is middle of October, and since the beginning of September, Joy Rides Through the Tunnel of Grief has been alive in the world. Uh, how's that month and a half been for you? It, it has been busy. Yeah. Um, I was telling you earlier, I have a five month old baby. So um, going on book tour with a with a five month old is, you know, turns out not a good time. Um, but it's been an adventure. It's been, you know, look, I, there are worse problems to have. Um, so it's been it's been lovely. I just was in Philly last weekend where I'm from my hometown. Yeah, I did an event there. Um, and at Booked, which is a great little indie bookstore in Chestnut Hill. And it was, it was so lovely. It was yeah. just, uh, yeah. Was it all friends or were there strangers? Did you have any strangers there? I did. I had one. I had one stranger and about 50 old friends and family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. she was so sweet. She came up to the signing after the event and I said, I know everybody in this room, but you. And she said, oh, yeah, I was just, you know, walking down the street and this sounded great. And it was great. And it was it was very sweet of her. That's good. And so. All right. So you had the great hometown event. Right. Uh, it's a very I mean, it's memoir. I was very personal. So I was thinking about this because I write about stories from my own life and obviously they're personal. But I find out I find I can get your take on this once I transform them into something you know, art, I'll call it art. Um, it doesn't feel so personal anymore in the way that it did before I turned. What do you think about that? Yeah, that, well, that's it. I, I feel exactly the same way. I think, um, you know, I get asked this question a lot. I, you know, what I write about does tend to be 
personal. Um, but you know, my life experience is just one lens through which I'm looking at other ideas, right? So, you know, when I'm writing an essay, yeah. it will include experiences from my life. Um, in the same way that a you know a poet includes experiences from their lives and fiction writers include experiences from right. their lives. You know, it's it's they're really not all that different. Um and I think that's a that's a misunderstanding that a lot of people have about memoir, creative nonfiction. Um, but you know, one of the one I think one of the great thrills of writing, you know, about or with your own experiences is that you have this opportunity to take it outside of yourself, to put it somewhere else, to look at it. Yeah. And it becomes this other thing. It becomes a you know, a project and a creative problem that you can solve, you know, that you can try to solve rather than, you know, my emotional um, hangups. Right. And yeah. so, you know, the personal material is, is in there. There's also lots of material that isn't personal necessarily, but relates to questions that arise out of my you know personal experience. So um, that's another way that, you know, my work tends to feel less, you know, people use this word raw or right, right. vulnerable. And yeah. um, and it, it, it's not that way. For me. It doesn't feel that way to me. Yeah, um, mine never feels that way either. Because again, I always feel like I'm trying to take the, the clay mm -hmm. of my life and turn it into something that, else, yeah. you yeah. know, so it and also I, I'll, I'll have I mean, you teach. I know the teaching has been a big part of your life. Yeah. And mm -hmm. um. I teach a lot of, when I teach, it tends to be uh, memoir writing and yeah. people are like, oh, I'm worried people are going to think about me. And one of the things I tell my students, I don't know what you feel is I'm like, the reader doesn't care about you. The reader does <laughs> not care about you. The reader cares about themselves. And that's really what they're reading about is themselves. They that's... really, they don't, they don't, I mean, maybe your mom does, but honestly, they don't care about you in that way. I don't think. They really don't. And even people who know you, you know, or think that they know you and think that they know you through your work, they don't really, right? It's a very different thing. You know, okay. always... So I'm going to just, I'm going to, in fact, I always think this is fascinating. So I was here, I was reading this book. It's great. Yeah. You're getting into, you really, you have such a clear voice and you're getting into it and you're exploring and you're just chewing on life. You know, that's good. Okay. But I tell you, Jessica, I learned more about you as a human being the moment you said hello on this. We're doing this on Zoom. You appeared slow. Not that I didn't learn something about you, but it's just a holistic human experience. When you say hello, I'm like, oh, now I know who she is. I, yep. It's not really in the book. It's a separate thing it's in a separate way. separate thing. Right? I'm, I'm glad you say that, Bill. No one's quite articulated that quite the same way. I'm glad you put that, I think, beautifully. It, it, it's a very different thing. You know, you're creating a persona on the page. It's always yep. parts of you, elements yeah. of you, yeah. but it's always a persona. And that persona shifts. You know, the persona yeah. in my first book of creative nonfiction is a different persona in this book. There's a different persona in each essay. It's a, you know, it's in many ways, it's a character that you are cultivating in order to ask bigger questions, to do other things in the work rather yeah. than reveal thyself right it's not about it's like, yeah, they don't care about you revealing you like your it's not autobiography i'm not that interesting right i mean if if memoir were just about me you know about the self it wouldn't be good memoir right i think no. the best memoir is it's not really about the writer at all no it's it's about you know the it's a it's about meaning making right it's about this other thing at hand yeah. it's about it's about the art yeah um, 
And so it's just, it's funny to me that, you know, we have always, I mean, we've always forever since the dawn of art making, or, you know, we are always wondering about the maker, you know, what is the feeling about themselves painting and what is the filmmaker saying about themselves and, and how much of this is quote unquote true and how much, and, and for some reason we can accept that poetry is not necessarily about the self or you know all these other things but we can't wrap but our poetry and memoir are, are so close they are so close to each other they I, are so, the only difference is one is verse and the other exactly is they're same they're coming on they're calling from the same material they're exactly. just turning it into i've always yeah. felt it that way I and, know. So, and so uh, you've got it i like the approach you took in this because it's the approach I'm currently taking, <laughs> but beyond that, but beyond that is that you've, so it's a memoir, but in essays, and it really is. In other words, you are not telling one straight coherent narrative in this way, although you are revolving around the same stuff. You've really broken it up into Correct. what we call essays. I, I don't, I don't even like that word anymore. I'm sorry. I don't even like the word essay anymore because it seems too intellectual and not creative enough in a way. It's, so I, but I haven't got a new word. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I like, essay, I like essay, you know, in, in the same way that essay writers always love to say, well, it means an attempt. It means to try. <laughs> I, I, I can't stand it. Okay, uh, I'm sorry. But that's what I well, write. You but know, I, don't... I, I don't know a better one, right? Okay, so, yeah. I do, you know, it's it's a cliche, but I do think an essay is nothing if not an attempt to understand something. Sure. Yeah, oh, for we sure. Never, we, for you sure. know, we don't necessarily get there, but it is an attempt. So. Yeah. Do I love it? No, but that's what we have. Right was, was, it's sort of like, I always say to my students, like the short story is to the novel what the quote essay or personal net is to the memoir, into the full memoir. In other words, you sure. can have short memoir pieces that are a thousand words or 2000 words. Okay, sure. but you took that approach. Was that approach just because that's how you think? Or was it you thought, no, this thing needs to be broken up or this is just how you tend to think in contained pieces? Um, I think it's I, I think it's both. I think because it's not autobiography, right? This isn't like about, this isn't my life story, right? Right. These other questions that I was asking and they felt distinct and they felt, you know, intertwined, but distinct and that they needed their own containers to do the work that they needed to do, you know? Right, okay. It is is also, you know, in some way, the way that I process it's the way my brain works so it makes the most sense to me to work that way chronology doesn't necessarily tell a kind of story that I'm interested in telling right um it it just can't and so uh so yeah so and but also because you know I didn't intend to turn this into a book um you know I was just writing these essays and it wasn't until you know a few years into writing them that I realized maybe they actually were you publishing them around places sort of Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, now I will say though, um, you have a life story that is um, memoir worthy. I should say you have enough. You have enough. <laughs> um, you have enough sort of um, drama, external drama. Let's say, you yeah. know, you've got a, your father situated, your mom, your brother. You just, you've got a lot of that the kind of stuff that can. You don't need it. I don't think a person needs any of that to. Tell memoir, no, but you no. had certainly had your share of drama. I guess everybody, sure. does, but everybody does. Everybody does. Yeah. And so, do you? But but it seems like you have to. Like you can't. I, one thing I'll say to my students is like, look. Sometimes the worst thing for memoirs is to get kidnapped by Somali pirates and think that's enough and you can make a story out of that. But that won't necessarily <laughs> like that actually might not do it. 
That's right. You know, actually, you might, it might, you not, if there's more to the story than like big, exciting things happening. So do you balance that when you're thinking of your stories? Are you just, you're not there really to, for the gory details, it seems. No, no, no. Even though you've got some, you've got some. I mean, there are some, right? I mean, in as much as like, whose life doesn't contain some gory details. And sometimes those are the sites, you know, that where you can actually make some meaning. And sometimes they're not, they're not inherently you know, meaningful. They're as meaningful as you make them, right? And so one thing I tell my students is like, some of my favorite nonfiction is about, you know, salt. One of my favorite essays of all time, you know, Annie Dillard's Living Like Weasels, she just takes a walk, you know, nothing happens, right? There's no big, so, you know, I think the best writers can make, you know, beautiful art out of the seemingly mundane, the quotidian, you know, I have some, I have some, you know, I have some shit in my past, right? But who doesn't? And sometimes that feels relevant and sometimes it doesn't. That's right. It's kind of what, it's really just where are you, when you train your attention somewhere, where does your attention stay all on its own? Like, yeah. where does it, like, where does it want to be? And then right. you just pull from your life anything that'll apply. That that applies, right? I mean, that is—is yeah. is that going to get me closer to a question I have? Is that going to get me closer to some meaning making or some connection? Then maybe it belongs in the essay. If it doesn't, it doesn't belong. Believe me, I have way more drama than I put in this book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, I'm sure that, it doesn't all belong. It just doesn't. It's not what memoirs really about. It's aboutness is not that. And with some of our some of our drama, Jessica, maybe not yours, but some of mine, I've noticed was self created. I sure. have to, I have to confess, <laughs> not, not mine, Bill, no, but I can no, tell right, that you people. know maybe some of yours is. Okay. <laughs> you know, I was just thinking about. I was talking to a client just actually before this interview about how to start work because she has all kinds of. She's really been through some stuff, and I was talking to her about how to gently ease into. And I talked about like when I start a piece, I'm curious about how when you start a piece, I will often just have a little thing like oh I want to write about when I drove through Seattle right after COVID and it was empty like I just want like I don't know what I'm going to say but I just remember how interesting and how I kind of liked it in a weird way yeah and so but I don't but then I then I go next thing I'm on to zombie apocalypse and living yeah. with threat of nuclear war and all this kind of stuff but it's just this but I usually start with one little thing that I yeah. think is that where is that how it works for you or do you have a big idea that you start no with? that is precisely it that is exactly and that's exactly what I tell my students too you know there's something I think we attach to these like moments of the uncanny and that becomes the project, or at least that's what generates the project. You know, you're trying to figure out what exactly made you feel that. Right. 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 That, you know, sense of, of, you know, uncanniness, like whatever it was, it's, and it's often, I think like conflicting emotions. Those are the experiences that we glob onto as artists, you know, that we're really interested in in trying to unpack. And sometimes, you know, you start down that essay and digression does what it does, the brain does what it does. And the essay, you end up getting rid of that, you know, initial yeah, image. Yep, yep, but, it, yep. but it's the scaffold, you know, it's that, it's that, um, what do you call it? The brick, what's the brick called in the building? The first brick. The cornerstone, is that what the it's Stone, that's I think that's what I go. Oh, wow, I pulled that one out. Okay, <laughs> it's the cornerstone. But sometimes you don't need it in the end, you know. But it right. is, um, you know, the essay becomes the attempt to understand that thing, and so I, it's so. Hard. I think it's hard for people to understand that even when you're writing um, personal narrative, creative nonfiction, 
um, which is based on something that happened to you. So that you like, you know what happened, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. you know the events, but -hmm. it's total discovery. Like the point is total discovery, even though you're writing about something that you don't need to discover what happened. Like, I know I drove to Seattle and back to charge a battery and that's all that actually like (laughs) happened, but that's not what this piece is going to be about, but it's total discovery, even though it was, you know, the events themselves are laid out. Yeah, yeah. You have and to go in with that mindset, right? You have to go in with that mindset. I think it's a mistake to go into any piece of work feeling like, oh, I know where this is going. You know, right. well, that's just my experience. Maybe other people can no, do that. I think you gotta I, I think if you're not discovering something, the reader isn't discovering something. You yeah. know, the, the writing isn't gonna do what it needs to do, which is yeah. surprise, you know, surprise you. you yeah. Surprise yourself. Um So, you know, we do, I think we turn to our essays in order to try to figure something out, not because we know something or we have something to say, you know. Even when I think I do have something to say, and I do sometimes think I do, I I like, I've, I've, I've written a lot of these things. So I'll say, okay, Bill, that's interesting. Now let's see what the page, let's see what happens. Let's see what this might actually be about. Because it's always that, you know, especially in an essay, if it's short, some of mine are like four and 500 words. Like I do some quick ones, one sentence that I didn't predict or plan that changes the whole thing and yeah and that's anyway that's where the excitement is oh you and i oh we're we're like-minded this is good we're (laughs) like-minded so so do you so what what is what are the conversations that you've had aside from with your loved ones who are so we're so proud of you aside (laughs) if they're saying that aside from them and that's nice have you had any conversations with the reading public has this gen this book generated any kind of interesting conversations or thought or what yeah 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 I mean so you know that's always the great gift of publishing work is you know it it is a dialogue you know it does become dialogue so you know you you get emails you get messages you you get people coming up to you at events who want to share their stories or because they relate to something or you know, students emailing me that I haven't seen in 20 years because right. they read it and they have, you know, they want to share their, their experiences. Um, you know, it does, you know, ideally become this bigger thing that happens where, you know, you don't have any control over it, but what a gift to be able to, you know, have these conversations with people that, and they feel very safe with you because they feel like you've revealed so much of yourself in That's this right. work. Right. 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 Really. <laughs> the trick is, um, you know, you just psych people out. So they tell you their, their, their deep, dark secrets, right? Yeah. Um, you know, so it is, it's interesting that way that you, I tend to, you know, get, have really intimate conversations with people who have read my work because they feel that they can do that, that I've given them something and I don't begrudge them that, you know, but, yeah. um, I mean, I welcome that. How often do you get to sit down with a stranger or someone you don't know that well or an acquaintance and and have a really genuine, vulnerable conversation? That's you know gift. what it is, though, is reading is such an intimate experience. It is yeah. such a it's so intimate because you're so it's all happening in you. You know, the reader thinks they're passive. They are not. They are. Oh. They bring it to life, you know, and I think it's why we get so I've gotten so mad at books that I didn't like because I brought something in that I was like, I don't want that in there because <laughs> it's, you know, it's going in. So I think that they feel like you guys have melded in some way, which we've bonded. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel the same way, you know, yeah. as about books. Um, you know, I do feel, you know, closer to, 
you know, I remember very vividly when I went to graduate school and I wanted to study with Joanne Beard, who's an essayist and wrote this beautiful book, The Boys of My Youth. And I loved this book. And I felt like we were just kindred spirits. Yeah. And, you know, she just was going to get me, get me so <laughs> deeply because we have the same sense of humor and the same perspective. And, right. um, and you know, of course she didn't feel like she didn't know me from Adam, right? But I felt that I had this like very intimate experience with her. Um, and so I understand, you know, I, I'm, I've been on the other side of that too. It is an yeah. interesting thing and it's, it's great, you know, that it, that it does that, but um, it can be a little misleading sometimes. It is. Well, so, okay. So you've got a baby. Five yeah. months, you said it's interesting. You know, people will think of their books as their babies, which, eh, I, which they're not, but I will say, I don't I mean they're not, it's a different thing, but I will say this, that the thing about I have kids and, they very early start doing things without consulting you. You know, it happens pretty fast. And I always think like, in a way, a book is like a baby that the book goes out in the world. And it just does its own thing. It kind That's of like, it. right. It has its own experience. And the kid, yours five months old, not so much, but it won't be long before they're going to go do a lot without you. All of a sudden you don't have control anymore. And yeah. you thought, well, wait a minute. You know, I was the one taking the prenatal vitamins. Yeah. I was doing the work, doing the gestating, dealing with right. all of this. And then you, you know, you produce this thing and you put it out in the world and it's in everybody else's hands now, you know, which maybe is a metaphor for, you know, the way that children go out and, you know, they have this whole other village of teachers and friends and, you know, all these other influences, you know, in addition to you that you, yep. you can't control. And no. that is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> well, my dear, welcome to the club here. Welcome to this club. Awful. Awful. I you, I know it's a, it's such a weird balance with kids because you, you're, you know, you're kind of like diapering them one day and then the next they're like just get the hell away from me. please like, you don't need to do that keep up you know uh, i'll go back and write oh, my I book can see it now i can see it all no it's okay listen you will learn more from them than they will learn from you i can I'm sure tell you that's that true. that's been the case well that's been the case for me so yeah um, i'm sure that's true all right well good for you but you're so but so I always like, because I sometimes have students, they'll say, I can't write. I've got kids. I'm like, look, look, I get it. But my wife wrote, we had two kids and they were not easy. No, 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 they were not. So yeah. you're going to, you're not going to stop writing now that you've got a I am. Well, I'm, I'm desperately trying, Bill. It's yeah. hard out here, man. Childcare is so expensive. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, I am, I have a lot of privileges, you know, I work in academia. I have a semester off, which is great. Hey, you know what though? Ah, I don't understand the word privilege, but you did, you, this didn't just happen to you. No. You are here because of a focus that you applied, that there were choices you made that led you to where you were. It wasn't all luck. No, it wasn't. You made all. some choices, no, no, no. right? Yeah, no, sure, sure. You could have still yeah. been waiting tables. I would have. <laughs> see, you could have been. I did it for I a long been. time. I did it for many, many years, many <laughs> no. years waited tables. Yeah. Um, and I still have, I still have nightmares that I'm waiting tables. <laughs> Yes, yes. Job. yes, yes, yes. Do, Do you ever? <laughs> oh, I have them all the time. I yeah. what I will have is I will have dreams where I'll say, "Wait, I'm not doing this anymore. Like this isn't my job anymore. I can leave and I'll take my apron off and they say, where are you going?' So I'm leaving. I don't work here anymore. I don't have to do this. Like it's a whole big ritual in the dream. Oh my! 
know that. Maybe, I think I'm not evolved enough yet. No, I, I think I'm maybe I spent work. even longer in there than you did possibly. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Every dream, I'm just snowed. I have so many tables. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yep. it's horrible. It is the waiter dream. All across the country, waiters are having that same dream. It's true. It's the waiter dream. It is Everyone, the waiter dream. I know. Yeah. yeah. Who's waited tables has that same dream. Oh, isn't it funny? See, people, writing can unite us. Any kind of work can unite us because I love doing writing. Oh, do you ever do writers' conferences? Oh, yeah. All the time. It's fun. I like, I mean, there's a lot of fear and insecurity. Anxiety. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All this. Yeah. Imposter but syndrome. Yes. All that's happening. All but there's something kind of beautiful about all these people gathering together who each face a blank page and say, whoa. What I am know. I, right? It, I, I, love I it. think so. Anyway, I love it. And there's no conversation like conversation with with writers, you know, when it's going well. I've also yeah. had really bad conversations with writers, but um, you can get hooked up on like I remember talking to Richard Bach, who wrote Jonathan Livingston Siegel back in the day. So he, you know, boom, he said, I was sitting down with Truman Capote and Kurt Vonnegut, and he listed some other writer. He said, and all they talked about was money. All they would talk about was agents and money. Here are these great minds. And no, we didn't talk about writing or money, money, money. So, Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> that is so funny that you say that. Because that book, I think, that was the first book that my father gave to me. Seriously? Yeah. Oh and my God. I still think of it as like one of the books that made me into a reader and a writer. Really? Jonathan really? Livingston Siegel. <laughs> no kidding. That's yeah. a weird, it's a, the story behind how that book got published is, well, I don't have time to tell it here, but it, oh. it, it was a weird story. And really everybody in New York rejected it. I mean, everybody rejected it. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Well, it's a weird book. And so, but book. I mean, but the, the, the story he told me was, he 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 went to his mailbox and there are two pieces of mail, one from his agent saying, Richard, I love this book. You love this book. Nobody in New York loves this book. Time to move <laughs> on. And then he finds this other, a letter from this editor, a woman editor in New York in the 70s, not many of those, who yeah. was a pilot. So there's one of them. And she said, Mr. Bach, do you currently have a project not with anybody? He said, oh, as a matter of fact, I do. Send it to her. And there it goes. Wow. How about that? Isn't that it? So nobody wanted it. 44 million copies later or whatever. Oh my God. So there's my John, yeah. my Richard Bach story. That's so, great. okay. So we have a lot in common, which I always love. <laughs> but, you know, I love all writers, but it's so cool to get to talk to someone about essays and personal narrative because this happens to be my wheelhouse. Uh, I assume I can expect another collection of essays at some point in the next 10 years, maybe even sooner. That's of course, yeah. I am. I'm working on a novel right now, which is a what, 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 for what, me. And uh, <laughs> I've defected. Oh. Um, I just need, you know, I need essays are are. Um, you know, I just wanted to do something different. I wanted yeah, my. Yeah. I wanted to jostle my brain. You know, I'm. I'm so. I've written essays for so long that I could. You know, I just. I know how to write an essay, so I wanted right. to challenge myself. How's so, it going? I mean, you know, don't um, just you know, don't say too much and jinx yourself or whatever. Right, but how's well, it? How do you say, feel? Today was not a great writing day, but okay. <laughs> but I think you know that that happens. I, I'm excited about it. I'm nervous about it. I'm having fun with it, and it's also really hard. All right. Well, listen. All right. Look forward to it. So when that gets published, when that gets published, you can come back and we'll talk about how I would the, I would love to going to fiction. All right. So the book is Joy Rides to the Tunnel of Grief. Go get it, people. Good stuff. But I'm not quite done with you, Jessica. Yes. Not quite done. I have yes, one sir. more question for you. 
Yes. Uh, so I want you to think about all the writing you've done, which a lot of it's been nonfiction, but now it's fiction. But think of all the writing you've done. And if it's taught you anything just about being a person, it's mm. taught you what? Oh, that is a great question. Oh my God, so many things. Um, but I guess, well, that that's a hard one, but I'll tell you like what most recently uh, I've been thinking about a lot is that through this book, the writing of this book in particular was, I think I really learned how similar the grieving process and the creative process are. Oh, and, oh. Yeah, and um, and and that both can be really generative, you know, that 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 they actually they they look really similarly. I think we behave very similarly when oh. we're grieving and when we're creative, both outwardly and inwardly. I think the brain is doing something similar in in that kind of like recursive working, churning, 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 oh. processing, um, you know, meaning making. I think we're more open and attuned. Like when I'm working on a project you know, everything is newly interesting. Everything is newly related. Right, right. You're, you're in this kind of obsessive state. And and I think grieving often feels similarly, you know? I think you're right. That is, I have asked that question a thousand times. That is the first time someone has drawn that comparison. I like it. And I yeah. think it, now I have to think about it a little I bit. Think but about I, it. Think about it. I, I, I'm still thinking about it too. I don't know quite what that means or like what to do with it. Or if it no, even makes good. any sense, but um, but it's just been st- I've just been working that over in my head, you know, because I've been through both a lot. I've been through yeah. creative processes, and I've been through a lot of grieving processes, and um, and I think that there's something there that that feels no. true to me. So I don't know what'll come. I think it's good. You heard it here first, people. You heard it here first. <laughs> You see, I got it. I must, I must make sure I have to be careful because I write about writing a lot. I write about the creative process. So I've got to make sure to attribute it. So yes, you better. I got it. It's Jessica Henry Nelson said it. Yes, and sir. I heard it. And I thought about it. <laughs> Jessica, thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. Oh, thank you, Bill. It's my pleasure. I appreciate it. Yeah. Pretty interesting, huh? Grief and creativity. I think, you know, I don't want to romanticize grief or hold it up on a pedestal, but I think there's something there. There's a kind of adjustment happening in grief that is creative. See? Anyway, I found it fascinating. Great conversation. Thank you all for being here. Thank you to my producer, RJ Jeffries. Thank you, my friend. And hey, listen, you know, whatever you love to do, it doesn't matter really doesn't matter, but you want to put your attention on something that's just interesting to you, that you love being with. Yeah, so go find something you love to do and do it. <laughs>